Hello and welcome to episode number 32 of the Fuel for Life podcast. My name is Bogdan Kipko, and this is the podcast dedicated to fueling your faith in the one who gives faith. And I am convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. And so my goal is to help you realize the promise of God's gospel for every part of your life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. Thank you for telling your friends about it and sharing it. I really appreciate it. If you have not yet done so, please check out fuelforlife.tv. It is a brand new digital experience that has all of my audio and video content. I hope it helps and it fuels your faith. Also, if we're not yet connected on social media, let's connect through their Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Would love to get connected with you. And on today's episode, I'm going to talk about something that all of us struggle with. And I think that if you're going to be really honest with yourself, this is an area in your life that needs a lot of work. And I want to talk about the real reason why we struggle with sin and lack spiritual growth. So why is it that we're not experiencing all that Jesus has to offer? Why is it that we experience a lot of downfalls? We experience sin. And even though Jesus Christ died for us on the cross, took away the power of sin, we still struggle with it. And I think primarily the reason that we struggle with it is not even because we're tempted by sin, but rather we are tempted into believing that we're still under the power of that sin. This is why I believe that having a right theology, having a right mindset, rightly believing is so important. And very often we struggle with some sort of sin or we are carrying this burden. It shouldn't be a struggle to carry a burden, but rather it should be a struggle to believe that the burden will be carried for us. That's ultimately where I think we miss the mark. When we think that that this sin is pleasurable for us, but in reality, we, for some reason, believe that we're under the power of it when we no longer are. And I do believe that Jesus didn't just come to earth to be a part of our life. He came to be our life. And this is why Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, he said, be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about every wind of doctrine through the crafty cunning operations of Satan. I believe that as we mature, as we become spiritually mature Christians, we wouldn't become sinless, but that we would sin less and people in our life would notice that and we would experience all the joy that there is from pursuing Christ and experiencing joy in him. And what I want to do today is I want to play for you a short audio clip from a talk I recently gave when I talked about this very same subject that we're talking about on the podcast. And in this clip, I talk about the real reason why we struggle with sin and lack spiritual growth. And I hope that it's going to provide some clarity from your life and it's going to clear up maybe some misconceptions that you have had. And right after we listen to this talk, I want to come back and I want to give you 15 practical 
evidences or signs that you're growing in grace. I want to encourage you today. I want to point out some things in your life and show you that, no, you're in fact growing in grace. You're growing in Christ. Sin is having less and less power over you and you're experiencing the liberating power of Jesus and you're living under that banner, the one where Jesus said, I have come to set the captives free. So let's go ahead and listen to this talk and we'll come back and connect some more. Here's the the problem with you and for me. It's not good enough for us just to be good. We need to get to God and the only way to do that is through Jesus Christ. And the problem with you and with me is that It's not that we struggle in life to carry a burden. It's that we struggle to believe that that burden has already been carried for us. You guys with me? It's not that we struggle to carry a burden. It's not like God is giving us all this burden and says, please carry it. No, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus never said, I'm going to give you a burden. The problem with you and with me is we fail to believe that Jesus already carried the burden for us on the cross. Jesus said, it's done. It's finished on the cross. I don't need to earn my salvation. It was given to me. Do I need to work it out? You betcha. Is it going to be tough? Yes, we'll have to put effort into it. Absolutely. But the point is this. Never for a moment think that your salvation was based on your works, but live your life as if it did. You guys with me? Imagine if all followers of Jesus would understand that our salvation is not based on what I do, but we lived our life as if we do. If every single day we just sweated out Christianity, we were just like, you know what? I'm going to do everything I possibly can. This is why Martin Luther said, God doesn't need your good works, but guess who does? Your neighbor does. God doesn't need your good works. He's good already, but your neighbor does. Your wife, your husband, your spouse, your future spouse, your friends, your family. Those are the people that need the good works from you. And so the problem, a lot of people are like, you know what? I'm tempted by sin. I just can't get out of this addiction. Drugs, pornography, alcohol, um, approval from people, whatever addiction that it is. People say, you know what? I'm so tempted by it. The problem is not you being tempted by sin. The problem is you not believing that you're no longer under the power of sin. That's the problem. The problem with you and with me is not that we're constantly tempted by sin. It's that you and I don't have the faith to believe that we don't have, that sin doesn't have power over us. Because every single moment we choose a pleasure that satisfies our cravings or desires, and at that moment we desire it more than God, that's the root of sin. When we desire anything else more than Christ. Any pleasure that you and I experience should be a foreshadow of what is to come. Eating food, good food, drinking good drink, having great community, relationships, experiencing marital intimacy when you get to there. That is just a foreshadow of what it's like to be with Jesus Christ. So pleasure doesn't need to become our God. And the problem with you and with me, the reason why we fall prey to so much temptation is because we think it can give us the pleasure that only Jesus can. And it absolutely cannot. And so preferring anything above Christ is the very essence of sin, and it must be fought. It must be fought aggressively. I think it was John Owen who said, kill sin or it will be killing you. 
That's what's going to happen in the Christian life. People sometimes think, you know what? I'm saved by grace. I'm good to go. Once saved, always saved. I don't have to do anything. No, you know what? If you are truly saved, you'll want to fight for joy in Christ. You will be aggressively pursuing killing sin. You will constantly, daily say, God, save me from myself. I want to make daily progress. I want to be in your word. I want to pray. I want to be in a community group. I want to be in a church that's constantly stoking the flame. It's so important for us to do that. Christianity is not an isolationist thing. It needs to be done in community. And so this is why Jesus comes to earth. This is why we're celebrating Christmas. It's Luke chapter 2, verses 9 through 14, where the angel of the Lord appears to the shepherds. The glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with fear. And guess what the angel said to them? Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Emmanuel, God with us. And so Jesus didn't come to earth to be a part of your life. Jesus came to earth to be your life. Jesus didn't come to earth so that you can turn over a new leaf. He came in so that he could give you a new life. This is why we sing these songs that Christ is all. All I have is Christ. That's all I need. He is my true pleasure. He is my true desire. He is my everything. And, and so that needs to be aggressively pursued because we have so many other things that are vying for our attention. This is why, if you look back to our original text, this is why Peter says, he says, grow in this. Grow. Um, advance. Progress, go forward, make continual advances, push forward. Do you know what Paul told the Philippians? Paul just exclaimed, he said, my whole goal of my life is that I may know him. That I may know him. Christ and him crucified. And so when we talk about your life and my life, I want to ask you a question. Where in your life do you need to grow? Where do you need to advance? Where do you need to go forward? In your relationships with your people? Maybe in addictions? Maybe in your relationship with God? I don't know specifically what it is for you, but I'm praying that tonight the Holy Spirit would speak to you, stir your heart up for these affections in Christ, and that you would realize there's some places in my life that have completely neglected. Well, I hope that provided some clarity about the real reason why we struggle with sin and don't experience spiritual growth as much as we would hope. And what I want to talk about right now is certain signs that exist in your life and in my life that we are growing in grace that we are experiencing uh, this advance, this progress that we are we would exclaim in, in unison with Paul when he said that I may know him, that I may know Jesus and the power of his resurrection and that we would experience what, what God is all about. And so 
here are 15 certain signs that you're growing in grace. If you're experiencing any of these things, and I'm sure that you are, if you're a Christian, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to know that you're on your way. You're doing well. You're you're pursuing Christ and you're pursuing joy that comes from him. So 15 certain signs that you're growing in grace. Number one, you're obsessed with Jesus practically, confessionally, and theologically. You've understood that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior, and he's also your friend. The Bible does talk about that Jesus is a friend of sinners, that your situation, whatever it is that you're going through, Jesus is not indifferent to it. So the first sign is that you're obsessed with Jesus practically. Number two you can quickly recall the last time you had a gospel-drenched conversation. Think of the last time that you really had a deep, heartfelt, meaningful conversation about the gospel of Jesus with your spouse, your friends, your family, a coworker, somebody at your at your place of business. If you can remember that, there's a very good chance that you're growing in grace because you long for the things that are outside of this world. You long for the spiritual things. You long for the deep things of God that are proclaimed about him from his word. Number three, a sign that you're growing in grace. You care less about performing for others to gain affirmation. Your life has is has has ceased to become a spectator sport. You're you're not basing your activities on your uh, performance. You're not trying to outperform other people. You care less about if you're gaining getting attention or not or even affirmation for people. As great as it feels to get affirmation, the, uh, one of the signs that you're growing in grace is that you're not devastated when you don't get that affirmation. You don't, you're not devastated when you g- don't get that confirmation. And that's a sign that you're growing in grace because your identity is in Christ and what he has done for you instead of in people and what they will do for you. Number four, you don't constantly think that every conversation you have has to center around you. This is a sign that you're sowing that you're growing in grace. When somebody shares with you a success in their life or a celebration, you're not comparing yourself to that person. You're not robbing yourself of the joy that you have in Christ and you are content when conversations that you're a part of are not centered around you. That's a good thing. You can serve other people. You can listen more attentively, which brings us to our next point. Number five sign that you're actively growing in grace is that you are you actually listen to another person when they speak instead of thinking what to say next. I know, crazy concept, but it's so refreshing to have conversations with people that are actually listening to what I'm saying. And so I do believe that that's a sign of grace, that you're growing in grace when you're actively listening to another person instead of thinking of what to say next. Number six, when you say you will pray for someone and you actually do pray for them. How many times, I'm going to put myself in this category as well. How many times have we said to people, I will pray for you and then you don't? One practical thing that I do is whenever someone asks me to pray for them, what I do is I say, do you mind if I pray for you right now? 
and I just pray for them. I pray for them right there on the spot. It does two things. Number one, it encourages the person by hearing me speak to God about their situation. And number two, on a practical point, I won't forget of praying for this person at another time. Now, if you're someone who you cannot pray for the person at that particular point in time when you receive the prayer request, text message yourself a reminder that you have to pray for the person or you get to pray for the person or you can simply have a prayer list on your phone. That's what I do. Uh, and you can basically uh, pray for them later, but that is just a practical way to remind yourself of that. I think there's apps out there as well that can remind you also. You can look them up on the app store. Number seven, sign your growing in grace. Your own personal sin brings forth more disgust from you than does the sin of other people. And this is when you are truly growing in grace, when you're beginning to understand that the sin that you commit It is a sin not just against another person, but rather against God. This is why when Spurgeon talked about sanctification and he talked about sin, he said that when he thought that God was, was a mean God and he was unmerciful and unjust, he found it very easy to sin. But when he realized more and more that God is loving, God is merciful, God is gracious, he found it even more difficult to sin against such a good God. And I do believe that this is a part of our spiritual growth, that even though God won't love you any less if you're not constantly reading the Bible, you will begin to love God less if you're not constantly reading the Bible because it's fanning into flame your faith, which constantly needs to be reminded of. This is why when Peter was writing in his epistle, he says, I'm writing these things to you, not because you're not aware of them, but because I want to remind you and to stir up your faith. Number eight, you focus more on your own personal sanctification rather than advancing the sanctification rate of the people in your life. You are a person that is beginning to realize that most problems in your life are not caused by other people, but rather they're caused by you. And I think that's a huge sign of spiritual maturity when we realize that we're discontent in our marriage or in our church or in our job. It's not the fault of the other person. It's our fault, and we begin to work on our relationship with Jesus. Number nine, you realize the people in your life were not placed there to serve you, but rather you were placed in their life to serve them. And this happens when you live with an alert understanding that everything and everyone around you is not about you. And friends, this is probably the most liberating thing that you can possibly experience. Some of the most discontent and frustrated and depressed people that I've ever met were people who made their life around them. And when you realize that you're in the people's lives to serve them, this is why Jesus said, I have not come to be served, but to serve and be as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ was the suffering servant. He was the one who washed the disciples' feet. So if we want to show Jesus to the watching world, we must serve other people and find the way you serve people best and serve them in that way. Number 10 you're more concerned about a sermon speaking directly into your heart rather than concerned about the speaker who is 
preaching. So when we listen to a sermon and a, a sign of grace is when you begin to realize that the sermon is talking about you, not about your friend, your neighbor, or your wife, or you're not instantly thinking, oh, you know what? There's a whole host of people that really need to listen to this because they need it. You're beginning to think, you know what? No, it's speaking directly into my heart. Number 11, you're able to forgive quickly knowing that Christ first forgave you. A lot of times we experience things from other people that we did not hope to experience. It might People might hurt you, people might turn their back on you, but what we need to understand is that regardless of what people may have done to us, it does not excuse them, but it can never be worse than that which was done to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if Jesus himself was abandoned by his closest group of confidants, his disciples, when he was on the cross, what makes us think that we too are not going to experience some sort of abandonment from the people in our life? So that should give us hope. That should give us encouragement. And it also should be able, we should be able to forgive others quickly, knowing that Jesus Christ forgave us. Number 12 you don't throw a pity party for yourself when you're not chosen to do something you thought you were the prime candidate for. Maybe you have experienced this at your place of work, maybe in your church, maybe in your social circle, that somebody else got chosen to do something and you're just thinking to yourself, I am so good at that. Why in the world was I not noticed? Well, this is a newsflash that I have for me and for you that sometimes it's not about you. And Maybe the other person was chosen and in your eyes, they were not the prime candidate, but in fact, they needed to accomplish that role that they were chosen for and God has a plan for that. So instead of throwing a pity party for yourself, why don't you help the other person? Why don't you support them? Why don't you provide them with some sort of help or support? Number 13, you accept the fact that someone who is less competent than you are in some area is put in authority over you. This is something that you have either experienced or will experience. Maybe you've experienced it in the workplace. Maybe you work for a boss that you think you're a lot smarter than and he's your or he or she's your boss. Well, my question to you is if if you think you're a lot smarter than your boss, then why have not you become the boss yet, right? I mean, there seems to be a disconnect there. And in fact, experts show and tell that you learn a lot more from working for a bad boss than you do for a good one because you learn all the things you shouldn't do. And so think of this as not a negative, but actually as a great opportunity for you to learn more about what you need to do. Number 14, you wake up in the morning with a burning desire to read the Bible. And I believe that the more you read the Bible, the more you want to read the Bible. And conversely, the less you read the Bible, the less you want to read the Bible. I think this is an appetite thing. And so we've talked about this before. Reading your Bible, even though it's you're going to be definitely more spiritual if you read it in the morning, just kidding, find your optimal time. The best time to read your Bible is the time when you read your Bible, whether it's in the morning, it's in the afternoon, it's late at night, find that particular time. And that's a sign that you're growing in grace, that you want to have a communion with, with God through scripture. And number 15, last but not least, 
you just can't stop praying throughout the day because of the pleasure you experience in having a close communion with God. If you're experiencing this, if you want to pray, this is definitely a sign that you're growing in grace. And so I hope you enjoyed listening to these 15 signs that you're growing in grace because ultimately I believe that even if we're experiencing even one or even two or three of these or all 15, this is a sign that we're growing in grace and we're desiring Jesus more than we're desiring any other false saviors in our life and that we want to experience all that God has in store for our life. And I believe that it's important for us to do an inventory of that kind of uh, thing and and this is why in the Old Testament we see that God says that my glory I will ne- I will not give to another. Jesus is so good. Jesus is rich in mercy. He comes to earth. He dies on the cross. By His grace, we are saved. And God is so patient towards us, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And so, I hope that as we did um, speak in this podcast about the primary reason why we struggle with sin and lack spiritual growth, that you were encouraged that God is good, that Jesus is better, and that even failure is a part of your life. It does not define your life. And Jesus wants to, again, welcome you back into communion with him. He's standing there with open arms, so run to him, not from him, and experience all that Jesus has to offer words can build us up words can break us down start a fire in our hearts or put it out all right guys well thank you so much for listening to this fuel for life podcast episode i really appreciate your listenership and i hope you were encouraged today and if you enjoy this podcast please leave a review and a rating of the podcast right on itunes And in addition, if this is something that you found helpful, please share it with your social network and send this out to your friends. And for more gospel-centered resources, please visit kipco.net and fuelforlife.tv. Well, that's it for this episode of the Fuel for Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, remember, before God will do a great work through your life, he wants to first do a great work in your life. And there is hope in his name is Jesus. Let my